tonight what we're going to do is we're going to talk about and continue the, the series that I know it's been a little bit of a break since we were in it, but um, Nada just blanked on the name of the series. Families in the Kingdom of God. Something I don't really remember. <laughs> it's called Families in the Kingdom of God. We're talking about the Kingdom of God and we're talking about families and we're talking about what does God have to say about the two of those things. Tonight we're going to talk um, about the church and the family and how those things kind of wed together. So let's pray and then let's dig into this. Everybody got your sheets passed around with scripture verses? Alright, God, I pray that you would meet us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for, for helping us to get uh, youth camp on the calendar and the beginning of plans being made. And I thank you for all that you're going to do there. Lord, I pray that you just stir our hearts to begin to pray and to have faith for what you're going to do at youth camp this year. Lord, I pray that you'd make it possible for, for many, if not uh, everyone, to be able to go, Lord. And I thank you that you are faithful, Lord. I thank you that you don't only meet us at youth camp, but you meet us here tonight, too. So, Lord, I pray that you would meet us tonight. Stir our hearts for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, question for you. Question at the time. What is an institution? And I'm not talking about a building kind of institution like a hospital, but what what, what is an institution? A place of guidance. A place of guidance? All right, what else? Yeah, something is done. What something is done? I don't know. They know what's in the there you go. All right, that's kind of, the, I think there's several definitions, but that's kind of the line of things I'm going. What's another name you might call for an institution? A structure of people, a group of people. Organization. An organization. Okay, think of it that way, an organization. Go ahead. Yeah, you could. You could. That, there's another way to use the word institution that way as well. Absolutely. Let me, let me read a definition that I pulled from the dictionary. It says this, and there were several of these ones you're talking about too. An organization, an establishment, a foundation, a society, or the like that's devoted to the promotion of a particular cause or a program. So it's a group, it's an organization, it's a structure that's devoted to something. So give me some examples of institutions. So, a church is an institution. Absolutely. A church is. What else is an institution? A moon institute of science. Yeah, what do you use the word institute? True. That would be an institution. Go. Okay. Yeah, you could uh, you could say that, although I'm using it a little bit differently right now. What's an organization? Colleges. Huh? Colleges. Colleges? Yep. Colleges. How about Master Brush Painting? Organization designed to fulfill a particular purpose, right? What else? Businesses. Any business that you might work for, that you might know of. Huh? Peter? Yeah. Peter. 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 Yeah, there it is. Pregnancy Resource Center is an institution or an organization. It's there. What did you say? The Pittsburgh Steel. They're a group. Absolutely. It's a group. It's an organization. And they have a purpose, right? They're, they have a mission to fulfill. Their mission tomorrow is to crush the San Diego Chargers. What? Marriage. Marriage. <laughs> 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 How about Microsoft? Any business. Apple. 
Lions Club, your favorite sports team, a, a sports team you might play on. I think Verizon, I heard somebody say. The New York Stock Exchange, all of those things. Now let me ask you another question. Which of those organizations, of all the organizations, of all the institutions in the entire world, all of them that you could think of, what's the most important one? The Steelers. Now why do you say that? I heard some people say the church. Why do you say the church? Do you think that's the answer I want to hear? Or is it, do, you, do you really think that? If so, why? Huh? Elena? Is it the oldest? Is it the oldest? Well, you know, I wouldn't say the church is around longer than the Steelers. I don't know if it's the older, what, what's an older institution than the church? Flatter. Like that. Flatter. <laughs> 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 Is there a lot of people in that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right it still exists. Still thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Henry. Family. Family. Okay. All right. Family's an institution as well, right? Probably the first. Yeah. The Jewish culture. Okay. Well, yeah. You know, I'm kind of important to find you can like a family. <laughs> oh, wow. But that wasn't said until... So what's, what's the most important institution, do you think, according to God? I don't know if would be an institution. An institution? Well, the institution of God. The institution of God. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what John Piper says. Let me tell you what John Piper says. Think about all those other organizations. Think about the Steelers. Think about. Microsoft, think about the New York Stock Exchange, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, um, any any group you can think of existing for a purpose to do something. John Piper says that thing, whatever you're thinking of, blank, compares to the church of Jesus Christ like a speck of dust compares to the sun. Pittsburgh Steelers compare to the church of Jesus Christ like a speck of dust compared to the sun. Your college, your school compares to the church of Jesus Christ like a speck of dust compares to the sun. What do you think his point is when he says that? What's, what's the point? What's, what's the thing that he's trying to communicate? That, that those other institutions, as important as they may be, as significant as they may seem, are very small, very tiny compared to the Church of Jesus Christ. And you might say, okay, why, why do you say that? Why do you, how can you back up that claim? And I'd, I'd point to the verses that are on your sheet of paper. Let's look at them and let's talk about what they say and see if, See if Scripture seems to bear out the fact that the church is hugely, hugely, hugely important in God's plan. And the first thing we'll talk about is God's promise about the church. Matthew 16. Jesus, who wants to read this one? Matthew 16. Who? Kevin, read Matthew 16, 16 to 18. Before, so it's on my nerves. She was 
and he talks about God's eternal purpose, etc., etc. What's, what's one thing? God used the church as a channel to bring his plan down so that we can know what he wants us to do. That's good. God is using the church, right, as a channel, I think he has said. That's a good way to think about it. Through the church, God is doing something, right? He's not saying, through the Steelers, I'm doing something. Through um, your homeschool, I'm doing something. Although he does use these other institutions. Don't, don't hear me wrong. What I'm just trying to do is raise your view to, to, to better equate with God's view of what the church is and through the church. So God is doing something through the church. What's he doing according to those verses? What's he doing through the church? Yeah. Making himself known. Yeah, how did he put it there? He trains language right after through the church. What's he specifically making known? Yeah, his, his manifold, the manifold wisdom of God. Who knows what that means? What's, you know what manifold means? Yeah. Like many layers. Many layers, many faceted, multicolored, um, varied. So it's not like the wisdom of God is, is a little thing a one-faceted thing, a one-layered thing. It's like God's wisdom is so deep, so layered, so multicolored, so multifaceted. It's great. And how's he going to make it known? He's going to make it known through the church. He's going to make his wisdom known through the church. How's he going to make his wisdom known through the church too, though? This is another weird thing about the church. Yeah, the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Hey, what does that mean? My He is doing something, showing something to the people of the world, and there's. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about that, okay? But God has another purpose in building His church. He's promising to show His wisdom to angels and demons and Satan. He's promising to show the wisdom of God through the church. So what you're doing when you participate in the church, it's hugely important. It has eternal significance. It has cosmic importance. It's not just like any other society you belong to. Well, this is kind of fun to belong to. And my friends are there and, and, and it's kind of fun because of that. No, God has a huge importance. He's showing his wisdom to the world, but not only to the world, to angels and demons and Satan. He's showing his world, his wisdom to the heavenly places. It's big. It's huge. There's nothing, nothing more important you can throw your lives into than God's plan Let's look at one more, and you don't have it there, so I'll read it. Um, I'm going to call it Christ's Passion for His Church. Ephesians chapter 5, and you're going to hear me reading it, you're going to think, wait a minute, he's talking about husbands and wives, isn't that something they read? Doesn't that during weddings? And yes, we do read these verses during weddings, but the main point isn't so much about husbands and wives. It's that husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word 
so that he might present still talking about the church so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she should be made holy and without blemish then he goes back to husband in the same way husband love your wife like that and then he goes on to say more so what do we learn from those verses and I know you don't have them in front of you but what do you learn about Christ's passion Christ's love for the church through those verses that I just read yeah, absolutely. He did. He did. What else? Yeah, yeah. When he wants to talk about husband, this is how you treat your wives. He's saying, this is how much. Christ loves his church. He's equating Christ and the church. He's saying, that's the example you should look for. Christ loved the church so much. And those are individuals, yes, but that's also a unified body of all believers together. Christ loves so much that he laid down his life for. The three different scripture passages that talks about the church. One talking about how Jesus said he will uh, gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. He's got a plan for the church. And so therefore, the church is important to bring your life into it. It says God is going to make his wisdom known to the world and also to the rulers in the heavenly places through the church. So throw your life into the church. He also talks about um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Christ gave himself up for her. Christ loves the church. And, and if I guess the question to think about is if that's Christ's view and that's God's view of the church what's what's your view? What's your view of the church? Uh, I can tell you when I was when I was your age what my view of the church was my view of the church was I was committed to it to some degree because we went there every Sunday we went to church every Sunday and I thought that's a good thing and I had a couple of friends there and that was cool I was glad about that but I made no connection between that being kind of a, a good place to go and had some friends there. I made no connection between that and God's up to something hugely important. So therefore, when I went away to college and I had an opportunity to decide my schedule for myself, I sometimes went to church, sometimes didn't. I went to this church when it was convenient I went to that church when it was convenient I went to this other church when it was convenient and when I started dating my wife now Carla she went to that church I tried that church out and then I decided it was a church right across the street I could get up at 9.45 and zip across the street and be at church at 10 and be done by 11 and be back and get back in my bed so I could sleep there some more and that was kind of my view of the church it was about going to church on a Sunday morning and sometimes I would go and sometimes I wouldn't go and then, you know, I was a Christian. I was, I was a born-again believer. Um, God was at work in my life to some degree. Church held some level of importance, but so did baseball. So did my fraternity that I was a part of. So did my friends. So did my family. I had, it's like all these things were out there, and if I had to rank them, church wasn't at the top and it wasn't even in the top seven it was there but it certainly wasn't in the top bunch and um, I existed through college like that and then 
it was probably two years after college. I was married, and we were not. We were looking for a church, and we'd go to this church and go to that church. It was a while later. It was probably two years later until um, I started to see there was something missing in my life, and there was something definitely missing in my life. And I began to pray and say, "Lord, what is it? What, what's the problem? Why don't I seem to have purpose? Why don't I seem to have meaning? Why don't I seem to have a reason to exist? And what's this all about? Is this just about kind of working and doing this and doing that and kind of going through the day? What is there in life that's worth something for? And it wasn't until um, God kind of brought me to that point where we started to look for a church that was serious about taking these kind of verses seriously to where there were people that didn't treat church like, oh, it's something you go and you do on Sunday morning and see, you can check it off your list and say, oh, I've been a good person this week. I hope God's happy with me. Uh, and, and I remember when that first began, I remember getting around people like that and saying, wow, these people are really, they're really committed to church. They're really into this. This is exciting to them. And when I began to dig below the surface, I started to find out why. And it's because God's at work. And God is doing stuff in the church. God is saving people. God is meeting people. God is changing people. And I started to see, it's not like somebody hit me over the head and said, you know, you really should go to church. Not only that, you should be committed. You should go on Wednesday night too. And you ought to join a small group and it'd be good, really, you serve on a ministry team. It wasn't none of that. It was just like God showed me this is a place to be that. I want to be there. I want to be there. This is what led me to then want to go to other meetings, small group meetings, which led me to want to serve, which led me to want to say, hey, can I help out with the youth group? Hey, can I be involved? And, and I wanted to be around the people of the church because that's what God was. Now I know that's where God is because God's made promises about His church. God has a plan for His church. God is working in and through His church. There's a, I don't know if you've ever seen this book or read this book. It's called Stop Dating the Church. Um, it talks about that view of church like I had growing up. I'm like, hey, church is somewhat important. But I can go to this one. I can go to that one. Um, without a commitment to what God's doing through the church. And let me just read a little a little bit from this. I met Robert at a Christian conference. He came with a group from his church to hear me speak. On the final night, I gave a message about the importance of the local church. I started by asking, are you married to the church or are you just dating the church? And again, that whole idea, am I, am I committed? Do I see this as important or am I just kind of hanging in and out? This question unsettled Robert. God started speaking, he remembers. He was asking me, Robert, what are you married to? And the only thing I could think of was the Jeep Club. It was obvious, but I'd never seen it before. I was married to the Jeep Club, and I was dating the church. In my message, I quoted John Stott, who said, If the church is central to God's purpose, and that's what I've been talking about tonight, if the church is central to God's purpose, as seen in both history and the gospel, it must surely be central to our lives as well. How can we take lightly what God takes seriously? How dare we push to the circumference what God has placed at the center? And his mind played back over the last two years. Robert realized that he had pushed the church to the outside of his life, and he invested so much in the Jeep Club, but very little in his local church. If Jeep 
if a Jeep run was scheduled on a Sunday afternoon, he'd be watching the clock throughout the church service, ready to rush out as soon as the sermon was done. And then there was a Sunday when he was asked to help clean up the church property for a special conference that was being held at the building. I totally blew it off, Robert Lee Falls. I didn't even give it a second thought. I had promised the guys in the club that I'd help them pick up trash on the trail to prepare for a run. The reality is, I had no passion for the church or the people in it, Robert told me. I would do anything for the guys in the club, but I really struggled if I was asked to get time on the weekend to serve my church. Now, you might hear that story and think, well, that's silly. I don't even care about you. But I think the question is, what's your deep call? What, what's your thing that you're so into that, that the church gets pushed out to the outskirts of your life and that thing, whatever it is, gets placed at the center of your life? And I think God might want to use what we're talking about tonight to help us evaluate our lives and prioritize our lives and say, am I viewing as important what God calls important? to be versus today because obviously the church is hugely central hugely important and am I treating it like that? Eh, no big deal kind of a little bit of what I do yeah it's good I'm glad I'm a part of one but it's not central to my life let me just read the end of the story remember Robert and his Jeep after being challenged at the conference to stop dating the church he resolved to change his life that day he got home and he logged on to the Jeep website and posted his final message to the club I explained that I was no longer going to be a member. Robert said happily, I announced that I was divorcing the Jeep Club and marrying the church. These days, Robert still loves to talk about his Jeep. This doesn't mean that you should have no other likes. It doesn't mean you should have no other stuff that you enjoy. I don't want you to go home and say, oh man, I feel guilty about watching this video tomorrow. I feel guilty about being in a club or playing a sport or being a part of any other organization, that's not the point. You should be involved in lots of those things. You should get out there and get involved in stuff. But it shouldn't take your place. It shouldn't take the place of the church. The church, by God's standard, is what should be central. So it says these days, Robert still loves to talk G. But if you want to see him really excited, ask him about his church. There's passion in his voice when he talks about it. Church isn't just an option for me. He says, it's a lifeline. It's something I really want. I look forward to it, like I did with the trail run. I'm excited to go to church and go serve. I'm happy to say that I'm still married to the church. Robert says proudly, in fact, I just celebrated my first anniversary. What I, what I want for you and way more important than what I want for you what I think God wants for all of you and that includes adults teens and everybody here is to take God's view of the church not because that's the way you have to do it to be but to, but to see the church and say that's what God wants that's where that's where joy resides that's where friendships are going to be built. That's where I'm going to be changed. That's where I'm going to be different. That's where I'm going to see friends that I love and care about who are in my other clubs come and see Christ and get saved and come to know Him. And that's where I'm going to find a lifetime of joy and passion and excitement. And my prayer for all of us is that we see God's church that same way. We say, this is central. This is what I want to be part of. This is what I want to do. So just a a couple of questions for you to think about. 
for, for the teenagers. Do you love what Christ loves? If Christ says, I love the church so much that I lay down my life for it. And you say, I love Christ. But do you love what Christ loves? Are you willing to sacrifice for what Christ loves? Are you willing to say, this is so important, I'll sacrifice for it. Do you see church as oh, this is my parents' church? Or do you see church as this is what God's book? This is what God did like. Do you see it as a, a small little event? Or do you see it as going to meet me when I'm there? What are you most excited about? When you think about that. What are you, if you were going to send an email to a friend about something that you were excited about what would that be would it be how God would work in the church would that even cross your mind and if not it might be good God to pray and say God help me open my eyes to what you're doing I, I think it's I think it's fine to admit and to be honest and say you know I don't really see the church that way it doesn't seem all that exciting to me but to say God help me to see it like you see it God, if you are saying you're showing your manifold wisdom there, help me to see your manifold wisdom there. If you're passionate about the church, help me to be passionate about the church. Ask him for his forgiveness and, and ask him to change Maybe some questions for parents too. Um, for me as well. How, how are we as, as dads helping our kids to Do we, I guess it's first and foremost, do we see it that way? Do we view God's church the way God does? And then secondly, we communicate that to the next generation, for our children, for our teenagers. Um, how are you viewing your involvement there? Is this voluntary the least I can do to kind of be a member here? Or how can I throw myself in? What, what ways is God wanting to use me here in this place? Is Sunday a great day for you? Maybe another good question. How do you evaluate your love for the church? It's Sunday, a great day. It's been a great day to be around God's people. It's been a great day to worship God, to sit under His words, grab all you can get from that Sunday meeting, or spend time with others afterwards, or is it kind of biding your time until you can zip out the back door? Thankfully, what God has. And I don't say that because I'm the pastor. I say that as a guy who came into this church after it was established. Um, what God has built is a bunch of people who knew what I was talking about a little bit who love the church. One of the things that really need a providence. I said these people love the people. People love to welcome new people. And these people love to spend time with each other. I was here until Sunday morning, but don't ask me to go another night of the week. Don't ask me to go to a small group meeting. Goodness gracious. I'm going to go to care group. You've got to be kidding me. And so I went to care group. And God never. And then I, he couldn't stop me from going to care group. He couldn't stop me from talking to people after church. Because I started to realize God is here. He's present. And, and thankfully, that's what God is building. And this, this doesn't come like, hey, we're not doing this. We've got to change. This comes and says, thank you for doing it and let's press on and let's kind of remember why we do it we do it because this is important to God this is central to God so if he has a plan he has a purpose for us so let's pray with our good dear God thank you so much 
for this plan of the church. But we didn't think this up. We couldn't have it up. Well, and I pray for each and every person in here that we would see how precious this church is. And Lord, that we would that we would all find the church as our greatest joy. And Lord, I pray that you meet every single one. And I pray that you would, that you would work more miraculously in our midst as we gather together. Not just for Providence Church, Lord. I pray for all other Bible-believing, gospel-preaching local churches around this area, Lord. I pray that you would be miraculously showing your power through the church, Lord. Through the gathered church all around the world, God. Cleveland and Akron. And, and, and then just expand it all to all other countries, Lord, that you would show your manifold wisdom and you show your power through your church that you have promised to keep and to, uh, to prevail even as the gates of hell come against it. So, Lord, we thank you so much.